Welcome to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Sarah Hall here. I am a certified health and wellness coach, athletic trainer, mom, and breast cancer survivor. I help women overcome their own mind drama to make mind shifts that open up the possibility for their most empowered and energetic life. And I am Beth Wilmus, author, speaker, and founder of a human investment organization, otherwise known as a nonprofit called Faith Through Fire. Our mission is to reduce the fear and anxiety that breast cancer patients feel and replace it with hope and a path toward thriving. This podcast is about our experiences with breast cancer and life after as young survivors and moms. All right, we are talking about your shingles. Wow, way to open, Sarah. Way to out me. <laughs> Beth got shingles. Oh, my gosh. I'm pretty sure she did it to herself. I am 100% certain I did it to myself. <laughs> so I have come to the realization that when I am stressed, my body always, always has a physical reaction. Yep. Whether that be, you know, nausea or diarrhea or shingles. <laughs> yeah. When I'm stressed, something biologically happens and it manifests itself in a physical symptom. You know what I hear? I mm. hear that when you have stressful things coming up, you need to find a coping mechanism. I know. Other than getting more stressed. When I was younger, it used to be drinking, but I don't feel like that's a no. healthy outlet. You know what I did? So I think this, the stress all came on because we opened up the respite house. But I think... Which can I tell you that there couldn't have been a worse thing to get? Yeah, no. Before trying to move into a house and yeah. get it ready for our event. Well, then, maybe then, COVID. That would have been no, that would have been a game changer. No. no. <laughs> well, other than the fact that I would have had to walk around in a spacesuit. Yeah. Just to <laughs> you know, just to get you things think done. You think you'd have been there? I would have been there. She has COVID. Don't mind. She's I in her I would have been there. Suit. I would have been there in a NASA freaking spacesuit <laughs> because there's no it breathing had to, your COVID it air. It had to get done. It had to get done. <laughs> but shingles are next to COVID were probably the worst thing. Mm-hmm. If you've ever had shingles, you know what I'm talking about. I, I've heard people talk about shingles and I'm always like, eh, well, it's a rash. No, 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 no. <laughs> it is much more than a rash. First of all, you guys should know the signs of, sh- can I give them the signs? Oh, for sure. PSA I, on shingles here? PSA on shingles. Because it took you a few days to realize it was shingles. Like yeah, a week. Yeah, well, so first of all, I got a rat, like a very light, barely perceptible rash underneath my left breast. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is the beginning of cellulitis. That's what I thought, an infection. Mm-hmm. So I call the you know doctor line in the middle of the night, some poor girl who was sleeping in a room closet answered and was like you know how the nurses are on yeah, call yeah and i was like i think i have cellulitis i need you to call in some antibiotics for me so that i can be right as rain and not have this impact me so she did and i took antibiotics for a few days before i realized this is not doing anything yeah then i snapped a picture and sent it to a doctor and she's like that's a yeast infection which i was like ew on my skin and she's like it happens especially yeah. like in places like under your boob and i thought okay so she calls in a powder and i started dousing myself in this powder and after a few days i realized this is still not helping and then i was at a health fair and i happened to be sitting next to an oncology nurse and i was saying i'm in a lot of pain like there's a lot of pain associated with this rash i'm like my whole back hurts it's just like it's in my ribs and you know as cancer patients you're always like what is this yeah you know, what is this so anyway Nobody was in the room at the time because they had gone into a new session. She's like, show it to me. So I flashed this woman my boob. And she's like, Beth, you have shingles. It's like classic presentation. It's in a straight line all the way around your side. It didn't go past her. It was only on one side. Yeah. Which is a classic sign that it's shingles plus yeah. the pain. It all made sense. 
So by the time I got the right meds, I was a mess. Yeah. I felt miserable. Mm -hmm. Miserable. We were trying to like decorate the house and putting together chairs and like doing all this stuff at the same time as she's like wanting to die. Wanting to die. And finally, (laughs) one of our mentors, who is the voice of reason, I told her I was battling shingles. And she's like, well, are you on drugs? And I I said, no, I'm just going to tough it out. And she's like, are you insane? she's like go get some drugs so i finally i i called in a favor with a friend of mine and she got me drugs and i will say the minute i started taking the right thing yeah it started to improve but it couldn't have been worse timing the fortunate part was that by the time the event happened i felt really good and so i was able to actually enjoy our own event which is what i was really afraid of yeah but leading up to that doing all the work for the house i was so miserable yeah so but this is what stress does to me for sure i i think like when we were at that health fair you and i were told to rate our stress and you rated Mm -hmm. yourself a four and i rated myself a five (laughs) and which was the weekend before our event right yeah and we were like oh no we're feeling really chill and Mm -hmm. really relaxed about it until i flared with some freaking shingles yeah (laughs) so yeah Yeah. i mean it's amazing how stress shows up for sure and stress i feel like can be a buzzword and it's it's thrown around quite a lot and i feel like it gets such a negative rap don't you think? Yeah, but I, I, I'm kind of happy to hear that doctors are now starting to talk to patients about managing their stress. Yes, but I, I would love if the conversation went farther than, what are you doing for your stress? Like what? You want them to give you a roadmap? Yeah, like I feel like I feel like options need to be thrown out there because I think a lot of people just think, well, yes, I do have a lot of stress. And, and a lot of stress is self-perceived, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But like, you know, I don't know, just give people some guidance, like... Maybe a questionnaire. What do you enjoy doing? Wouldn't it be cool you know, if like, they wrote a you're prescription? Doing your hobby is a form of stress relief. Like It would be cool if they... Actually, this is funny because I was talking to a patient who had an oncologist that she absolutely adored, mainly because she took a holistic approach to her care. Mm-hmm. Holistic meaning was very very good about prescribing or talking about lifestyle modification in addition to standard care. Yeah. But this patient was saying, I will never forget that this doctor literally wrote me a prescription for a vacation. Yeah. And she's like, she handed it to me and it said, go take a vacation. And she's like, and I didn't do it. She's like, but it it reminded, she goes, it's always stayed with me that she did that because she's like, she saw my stress level was out of control. Yeah. And she was telling me, you need to get a handle on this stress. You need to get away from what's, you know, what's causing the stress. And I thought, how great would it be if a doctor was like, you are having problems managing your stress, especially in the context of a cancer diagnosis. Here are, I'm prescribing you this meditation. Yeah. Do it three times a day yes. for five or ten yes. minutes yes. for a week and tell me how you feel. Yeah. What would and, we if, do- and if only our population would follow that. We all look for that quick fix. And, like, it's not going to be that. I mean, you will get a hit if you start, like, meditating even just once a day. You will get a, an instant relief in the minutes following. But it's something that you have to do frequently. And it requires time. It's not popping a pill, mm-hmm. which is that quick fix. Right, so. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So we were both led to this book called The Upside of Stress by Kelly McGonigal. Yeah, this Um, came after her TED Talk, right? Yeah. So the TED Talk is called How to Make Stress Your Friend. And I actually I watched it and then and then got the book. But it's obviously popular because it's had 28 million views, which is like one of the most 
TED watched TED Talks out there. So it's really good. So it's and it's short if you want basically a Cliff Notes version on the book. But the book is really good. And it's easily written because she so she's a researcher, but she gives you all the scientific data, but not but in a way that's like readable. Don't you think it wasn't mm. like so above my head that I was like, what is happening? No, and I no. think the lay I mean, individual would also feel the same. So. She's, she's one of those people that's a researcher who has a really good her personality uh, yeah you know what i mean yeah. like she she takes personable. complex complex data and makes it very personable Digestible. which is why her yeah. yeah which is why her t- ted talk was so popular so yeah. you watched her ted talk and then got her book and then you pointed me her way and i watched her ted talk and i was like yeah this is yeah. and everybody knows everybody knows that stress is so much worse now than it ever was before for sure yeah. i mean we are being bombarded at every turn for sure and our systems were not made to handle that level of stress. No, no. So the upside of stress, this is just a quote from online that's kind of, you know, basically gives you a quick lowdown of the book. The upside of stress turns our common misunderstanding of what we often believe is the necessary toxicity of a pressured life completely upside down, turns it upside down, which which I thought just that sentence alone was really interesting because have you ever heard somebody like almost brag about how busy much work and how busy they are? I mean, I hear that all the time. We wear or we wear our, our busyness. stress, our busyness, like a badge of honor. Yeah. So she powerfully teaches us how to transform the suffering of misguided stress into a meaningful and thriving life. Which how appropriate in the context of a cancer diagnosis, right? Hugely appropriate. Like, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah. It's so frustrating to me that the stress and emotional upheaval of a cancer diagnosis is not even addressed in cancer care. No. At at all. No. (laughs) I mean, it's like half the equation, if not like three-fourths of the equation. So today, first, we're going to talk about how your mindset impacts your perception of stress. Yeah. Then we're going to talk about what Kelly describes as transforming your stress. And then we're going to wrap up with practical things that we do in our own lives and the things that you could explore for yourself in stress management. Yep. But before we do that, let's hear from our first sponsor. Hair loss is consistently ranked as one of the most feared side effects of chemotherapy treatment. The emotional impact chemo hair loss can have on patients has been well documented. Scalp cooling is a simple treatment that can prevent hair loss caused by certain chemotherapy drugs. The use of scalp cooling is proven to be effective in preventing chemotherapy-induced alopecia and can result in people retaining much of their hair. Paxman is the global leader in scalp cooling. Their cold cap is scientifically proven to reduce hair loss during chemotherapy. If you are facing cancer treatment and concerned about losing your hair, Ask your provider about scalp cooling and visit our website at www.coldcap.com. Okay, and we're back. So let's talk about mindset because that's kind of the basis, right? It's all about how you perceive stress. Like, do you ever think of stress as being positive? I know they say it can be positive in certain contexts, but I don't think of stress as being positive. There's a word and it's called eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And it's like, and it's labeled the good stress. Mm -hmm. And it's the stress that, motivates you to perform it's that stress where you're like i'm just challenged enough but i'm scared to do this right because like she goes on to say that embracing stress can give you energy and courage yes so that's a positive right right in the in the clutch you're going to perform because you're using that to motivate yourself yeah but all in all i mean i think of stress as being big bad dark stress yes you know i'm not thinking of it as good so some core beliefs about how the world works when it comes to mindset 
and and around stress is you could have a mindset of like the world is a dangerous place or money can't buy you happiness or people can change or people can't change. So those would be kind of like mindsets that would cause you stress. Mm -hmm. But your mindset also affects how you think, feel and act and it can influence your outcomes and it can influence how you behave in a certain situation. So if you walk into something and you think this is stressful, I'm stressed out. I'm not going to perform well, like then you're going to live into that stress that you're putting on yourself. Yeah, she actually has like a whole chapter dedicated to your perception of your stress and how you perceive it is going to really influence like how you behave. So she has she talks about, say you have a big presentation or you have to give a speech to this huge group of people. You know, somebody might be sitting in the wings going, I'm so stressed out. Or you can change that mindset and say, I'm so excited to give this talk. Yes. And just that change of saying they actually have scientific studies that show that people who approach a challenge with I'm excited versus Mm -hmm. I'm stressed. Yeah. Outperform those that said they were stressed. Yeah. Just that change in mindset change the outcome. Yeah. So I took that to just really, I took that to heart. So anytime we have something like an event or I have to give a talk to a really large crowd, I always think in my head beforehand, I'm really excited to do this. Yes. And that totally changes the tone of what's happening. For sure. It takes all that anxiety away. So I think something that would be really important to point out is also how McGonagall defines stress in this book. I love the way she because we've stress. actually talked about this in a different. I think it's been mentioned in another podcast, but she defines stress as the feelings that arise when something that you care about is at stake. Yeah, when something you love is threatened, right? Yep, your reputation Shen, or the just way you look, the, the way yeah. you're perceived. Right. When you know if your family is in danger mm-hmm. or your comfort is in danger, like right. those are all things that could potentially yeah, your financial be at stake. stability, anything yep. like that. It, like when you feel stress, you your first thought should be, what do I feel like is at stake or at risk here right. that's causing this? Because right. I think just acknowledging what you're fearful of, yeah, in that moment of losing, you lose it loses it, its power. It loses its power. Yeah, and we actually talk to cancer patients about that a lot. And I I said this in my ebook that that I wrote for patients to navigate cancer easily. It was really hard for me as a strong person to admit that I was absolutely petrified Mm -hmm. of my cancer diagnosis. Like as a strong person, I didn't want to admit that I was as shook as I was. But the minute that I said to myself, you are absolutely terrified right now. Mm -hmm. You've never been this fearful before. Mm -hmm. You feel so much stress because of that fear. Mm -hmm. Just saying that and being honest with myself Uh immediately released me from the hold it had on me. Yeah. It was like by saying it, it just stopped having the power. Yep. And then from there, I could really approach cancer as a challenge and not as something to fear. Yep. So we'll talk about here just in a minute about how to change your mindset and how to transform stress. But something else she does also talk about in the book is the studies. She goes into great detail about all the studies and the research that's been done, but about how your stress response and the hormones associated with your stress response. And so the original purpose of our stress response can, if you can imagine like early humans running away from like bears or something that was attacking them. And it was a way for you to learn what's safe and what's not safe. We are taught those things from an early age. And she kind of goes into how that how that all works. But and I'm sure we've all heard about cortisol as the main driver of the stress response and those hormones and and what impact that has on our body, especially like weight gain. What? Weight gain. Oh, my voice just like cracked. It did. Yeah. So that that hormonal response that happens do, do you as think, a, as I was gonna say, a result you, of stress. I was just going to say, like, 
yeah, because I guess you're saying, because what I was going to say is that weight gain in breast cancer care, everybody chalks it up to the drugs. Uh-huh. But I wonder how much of that is actually your stress level. I think it could. It could and be, your fear of gaining weight. Yeah. And it, it could be it could be a little bit of both. I mean, it could be a, it could be the perfect storm of, you know, everything all t- altogether. Mm-hmm. It could also be a perfect storm of like the drugs don't know what to do with the cortisol. And now it's like altering the way that your body processes the cortisol could also be the fact that you've now been through trauma and you have lost your ways of dealing with your stress. stress yeah. 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 So there's I mean, there's all kinds of things. And I do want to say this. I love I heard this at a yoga training. But if you've ever watched animals that are stressed, mm mm-hmm. Say you have something that's running like a gazelle running from a lion. After that gazelle, the threat is gone. You will see that animal go and start shaking. Mm-hmm. And that's how they actually process out those hormones. It's how they like work that adrenaline out. But what as humans do we do? I've also heard that animals will rest. Yes. If they're sick or like if they're unwell or they're stressed, they will go lay down until they feel better and Mm -hmm. as humans how often do we take the time to rest yeah and to like to your point to process the trauma right like the shaking yeah you know we don't we don't yeah we don't we bottle it up yep and then i have to wonder if that doesn't make our physical problems compounded right for sure hence the shingles (laughs) for sure see and what was interesting is that when i have stressful things in my life what i typically try to prioritize is movement in my body Mm -hmm. because I know that I'm going to be more effective. Oh, I said that after I I said when we were leading up to getting the house ready, I what was the first thing I backburnered physical exercise. Yeah. My yoga stopped. My walking stopped. And I was just working, working, working. And my husband even said, you are working yourself into the ground. Like you have to stop. And I was like, I'll stop after. See, in your mindset, not that my way way is right and your way is wrong, whatever. But like your mindset just has to be I will be I will be more effective if I take time to do this, even if it's 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you know, so you're a good example of that to me, because there's been times where you and I are scheduled to do something for work. And you're like, I will do that after I get my walk in. Yeah. And I'm always (laughs) like, and it's it's a really good reminder to me, like she prioritizes her physical health. And that's what I need to do. And and I didn't do it. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. I should walk. And then I did I did emails. So I'm not <laughs> yeah. as good at it as you are. But I know for a fact that if I had continued working out mm-hmm. leading up to the house unveiling, I bet you I would not have gotten shingles. I mean, you never know. Could've, you don't know. Would've. You yeah. don't know. Right. And right. cancer patients are notorious for saying if I had only done this or maybe yeah. it was that. Yeah. That's not really fair. But it's it's it can you know, still happen. You don't but, and you don't have to look back on it that way is. You you can look back on it and be and take stock of wow in that situation I was stressed knowing that stressful events are going to hit me in the future what am I going to try to remember right yeah it's a learning process it's a learning process I mean, we say yeah. that all the time yeah. it's but a, it doesn't have to be a regret no it's not a regret I'm over the shingles now the trauma has passed <laughs> <laughs> you just have to not forget <laughs> I I mean yes I yeah. agree I mean managing stress is my number one challenge in my life uh huh. And it frustrates me that I do have such a problem with it, that I can't seem to conquer it. So, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody listening right now where you feel me, sister. Yeah, for sure. All right. Before we move on to what you can do to transform Give your me stress, some let's do boobs Give in the news. Give me some boobs. <laughs> I want to know some boobs in the news. Boobs in the News is a fun segment where we read funny tweets by real people or ridiculous news stories. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. Boobs in the News. 
All right. So this is titled The Funniest Texts Between Parents and Their Kids. Oh, I love these. I know these are always my favorite, which is why I looked them up. Okay. Ha. <laughs> Just reading the first one makes me chuckle. Okay. So this is from mom to the, her kid. The road was a little icy out today. Be careful when you drive. Kid. I will. YOLO. It's usually not meant as a warning, mom. (laughs) (laughs) What does YOLO mean? I forget. You only live once. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So this is from mom. Don't forget to unload the dishwasher. Next for mom. Did you finish your homework? Next for mom. We have to go to your grandmother's house for Thanksgiving. Next for mom. Dad and I talked. We are going to buy you a car next month. From the kid. You are? Oh, my God. Thank you. Back from the mom. Nope, we're not. I just wanted to make sure you were getting my text <laughs> from the kid. That was cruel. I feel like we've read these before. No. We haven't? No. Oh I mean, gosh. I mean, I think I've read them personally, but I don't think we've okay. read them on here. I thought they were on another podcast. That's funny. Okay. Uh, oh, this is kind of funny, but it's also kind of gross. Okay. So from mom. This is multiple texts in a row. Did you oops in the sink? What? I mean, did you poop on the shrink? (laughs) On the shower? Why won't my phone write what I tell you to? Did you poop in the shrink? Shower! (laughs) From the kid. Um, no. I don't poop in the shower, sink, or on my shrink. LOL. (laughs) You sound like Dr. Seuss calling you. (laughs) I hate autocorrect. I know, I do too. It's the worst. Although it does make for lots of funny chuckles. Have, you, have I told you that story where somebody was like, mo- the mom was texting the kids and she's like, your uncle Frank died. And then she put a skull and crossbones for yes, the emoji. Yeah. And the kids were like, mom, that's not how you do that. Like, that's not. <laughs> and, th- and then somebody else was like, that's the that's the euphemism for dying, like like dying laughing. Yeah. That was like oh, terrible. That's sad. Yep. OK, so at the top, it looks like the text is from Darth Vader. And the first text from the dad says, Luke, I am your father from the kid. Seriously, that joke's old. By the way, who is this? Someone hacked into my phone and changed all the names from the dad. No, seriously, I'm your father. Mom wants you to come home from the kid. Did you seriously hack into my phone yesterday and change your contact name to Darth Vader to say that? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I hate my name. (laughs) I love that, dad. Yeah, same. That's Uh, the kind of joke I would play. That's too funny. This is the last one. Okay, so it's from, they have them plugged in as Mama Bear. The first one is the the smiling poop emoji. Mm -hmm. And then from the kid, it says, oh, geez. And then from the mom, little chocolate kiss with eyes (laughs) watching over you. Kid, LOL, it's a poop with eyes, mom. From the mom. Oh, I thought it was a chocolate kiss. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Definitely a poop mama bear. I'm so sorry. Ha ha ha. (laughs) That sounds like something I would do. Parents and emojis. I know. Sorry, we're just trying to play catch up. Oh, that's hysterical. Uh, It is kind of funny. Like, my kids are... 12 10 and 7 and they know pop culture so much better Uh than i do which is how you know you're getting old Mm -hmm. because they're like you know i don't have time to keep up with it oh my god i don't care no and that's how you know you're old you're like this is so silly and my kids are like mom i can't believe you don't know this right oh that's funny boobs boobs in the news boobs in the news boobs in the news all right we are back so we are going to talk briefly about how we can transform our stress so tell, tell the, me how to do that, Sarah, because I'm not good at it. Yeah, well, well uh, I mean, I'm not perfect at it either. There's three things in the book that she 
really highlights and just quickly to just go over them we'll go into in in depth detail is the fight or flight response and changing it to a challenge response the tend and befriend response and then there is the learn and grow so our body's natural fight or flight response i'm sure you've heard of your that's what you were talking about with the animals right yeah sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system so it's the one that like if you get up in front of people and you're about to talk and you're nervous your palms get sweaty your heart races your digestion slows down you may feel a little lightheaded basically where all of your blood shunts to your organs to keep you alive because it thinks you are running from a bear Your parasympathetic, which is the opposite of your sympathetic, is the one that comes in and and tries to clean up after the fact. So it's the one that you want to, after you've had that stressful situation, maybe sit down and take a few deep breaths or maybe do a little bit of yoga to flush all those hormones out of your body and move. Or if you're an animal, you want to go into the corner and you just want to start shaking. And if you are an animal and you're a human, you can also still do that. So there are extreme cases that a lot of people think about. So public speaking is like the number one fear, which is crazy. Everybody's scared of public. Do you mind public speaking? I don't mind it if I'm prepared. I mean, actually, I really don't mind it. It it makes me a little scared. You are not afraid of it at all. No. But you're also like super salesy and you're just brave. I'm conditioned. Yeah. It's it's practice. It's like anything else. And actually... That's part of what we're talking about today is that a lot of people avoid mm-hmm. what they're scared of mm-hmm. because they think that will protect them. But mm-hmm. the studies actually show that confronting your fear mm-hmm. is what truly lowers your stress. Yeah. So, like, if I'm afraid of public speaking, the best way to counter that is, is to, to get really good at public speaking and forcing yourself to do it. Yeah. And that's I do that to my poor kids all the time. It's like the other day my daughter had saved up $20 and wanted to buy this shirt from Dick's Sporting Goods. And I pulled up to the front door and I said, hop out, go pay for your shirt and come back. And she's like, mom, I have counter anxiety. Will you please come in and make sure I, I count the money right? And I said, no, no, you need to learn how to do this. If you want the shirt, you'll figure it out. Uh-huh. And she went in and did it. And then she had that pride that she yeah. she overcame that. But you, it's like a dopamine yeah, hit. And I am the queen of avoidance. Like, mm-hmm. so... I am the queen of avoidance, especially when it comes to my health. It's like I will I will avoid things that that stress me out. And so but for to your point, I have a long history in sales. So I had to as part of my job public speak. Yeah. So you just force yourself to do it over and over and over again. Role play with people, which people hate role playing. Yeah. And you will get over it. Yeah. And then yeah. It becomes so it's, the point it, where basically you're... in those in those instances, you turn it into a challenge. Right. And by doing that, you, you know, you just turned it into flow, which, by the way, is another thing I wanted to talk about. So flow is the harmonious balance between challenge and skill. So have you ever been doing something that required like a lot of people do this when they're in art, like when they're doing art, making art? Have you ever been doing something and time just completely falls away? Because you're in the moment. You're in the you're moment. You're in the zone. But it's, but it's requiring you to think, but you also are enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the zone. Yeah. Right? Like, sometimes I write and I'm in the zone or, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you know, you're giving a speech and you're realizing you're in your element and it's yeah. all going well. It's because you're so hyper-focused. Yeah. 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 No, so I that, love those moments. That's flow. And that's when that stress response is like... Your heart, your heart rate go, it like goes this perfect up and down and your breath it's like perfectly even like your body is just harmonious in those moments and and that doesn't happen when you're sitting on the couch watching Netflix that is not flow no um so tend and befriend response it triggers a desire for social connection so that you get support that you need so that that's your body being drawn to wanting to be like so for 
our breast cancer patients connection. It's where you're like, I want to talk to somebody who's been through the same thing. It is so did um, you know that needing help with something and and wanting to reach out for it. So did you know this is really interesting that men and women handle stress completely differently. So for it's men, yeah, for men they tend to to operate in avoidance. Uh-huh. So when they're stressed, they kind of go off by themselves mm-hmm. and they withdraw. Mm-hmm. But women tend and be, tend and befriend. So when women are stressed, they tend to congregate with other women. They will, you know, like in the book, they talk about if they have a big presentation at work, they'll bring in cookies that day to the office. They'll kind of hang into the hang in the break room and talk to other women. And they will they will basically try to kind of calm themselves by by having community. Is that a physiology thing or is that a society thing? I think it's a physiology thing. I think we are just naturally wired for connection, which is why I think our mentor program is so effective and that women, you know, even if you're a very independent type, we need connection Mm -hmm. and we need other people to feel what we're feeling when we're feeling stressed. Whereas men tend to think I need to do this on my own. I mean, maybe that's societal. Maybe men feel pressure to just handle it. Yeah. Whereas women are much more open to receiving help. Huh. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it, but they handle stress completely differently. And that that tend and befriend is much, much higher in, in women, women than it is in men. That's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. And I would be curious to ask even my husband, like, when you're stressed, what do you feel like? Because I feel like I see him go to. Yeah. But he has a community. He's a firefighter. They yeah. Have, they have this community where they sh- it's like fi- it's like policemen or military personnel. They share this bond over what they've seen. Yeah. And so I think for him, it's unique that they have more of a tend to be- tend and befriend environment. But for most men who work in an office. Yeah. Or, you know, that's not yeah, the I norm. Guess it, would, it would greatly depend on the on the stress circumstances. And, yeah, the circumstances. You know, but yeah. men, men always have to be encouraged to reach out and ask for help. And I think that's unfortunate. Yeah. And then we kind of already touched on this. So your mind tends to replay something that was stressful over and over. You kind of like nitpick the minute details and then you have the desire to talk about it. So this is your body's way of what was our example? We were talking about it and how you look back on it and then you learn from it. Mm-hmm. Oh, your stress mm-hmm. knowing moving forward. So it's it's your ability to look back on something, analyze it and then be able to do differently next time, which, you know, Again, a long goes- time ago, if they walked into a forest and then they they learned that a bear lived in there, it's your ability to step back, look back at that situation and say, there's a bear in there. We don't go into that forest. We go into the forest over here. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the archaic terms, like the archaic ways of thinking. But now it saves us from when I'm stressed, if I don't take care of my body, something is going to come out physically that mm-hmm. I'm not going to enjoy. So if I just take some time to take care of my body when I'm stressed, I'm less likely to have these symptoms. Right. Yeah. It goes back to that growth. Learn and grow. I was going to say it's that growth mindset again of being able to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, some people do it. Some people don't. So I I think it's interesting. You know, you have the point here that stress goes hand in hand with a meaningful life. Mm -hmm. So many people think that a good life is a life without stress. And yeah. yet, right? Yeah. Like if you if you have a life without stress, if you've never had cancer uh-huh. or you've never had the stress of losing a job or a child uh-huh. or just something traumatic. I mean, a lot yeah. of times I go to the trauma, but yeah. it's just, or you know, but but not having stress is not having a better life. No. And in fact, I would argue that stress and trauma are a springboard to a more enriching life. She talks about in the book how people who are busier tend to be happier and people with a sense of purpose tend to live longer. 
Oh my gosh. Purpose is so important. Yeah. Again, not to yeah. tie it back to the mentor program, but that's why the mentor program is successful because yeah. our survivors who mentor the newly diagnosed, they can find purpose in their pain yes. by helping alleviate suffering for other right. people. Yeah. Those benefits go on and on and on. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think we're going to do an episode about, you know, philanthropy and volunteerism and yeah. what that does for you emotionally yep. because it's so huge. Yep. But but stress is, I mean, I without the stress in my life, I don't think I'd have half the meaning that I have in my life yep. or gratitude. So it's safe to say that stress isn't a sign that something's wrong? No. It's I a think, sign that you're meaningfully engaged in many things that you care about. Well, we've... <laughs> Okay, so I think Brene Brown is the one that's like, listen, if you want to criticize me, that's fine, but you better be in the arena. If you're up in the cheap stands criticizing mm-hmm. my life, like you're not in the arena, you don't get a point of view. Yeah. I, I really think people who take risks, who learn from their mistakes, mm-hmm. who take, you know, who maybe suffer trauma, suffer stressful situations, and then learn and grow from it, they're the ones having the best lives. For sure. I, I've said this a million times that I used to think that people who are vulnerable were weak. Mm-hmm. And then it took getting cancer for me to realize that the people who are willing to be vulnerable and honest are about the strongest ones out are there. Are the strongest people out there. Yeah. And I was the weak one for not being able to do it. So, so, you know, stress is really a catalyst for a super meaningful life. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We've said it all. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out, let's hear from our second sponsor. Innsbruck Resort is a proud sponsor of the Faith Through Fire Respite House and the Besties with Breasties podcast. We know you work hard, but at Innsbruck, we also know you want to disconnect from what's stressing you out and reconnect with the important things in your life. Innsbruck makes it easy by offering lakefront living and vacationing less than 45 minutes from St. Louis. Vacation homes, golf, swimming, nature trails, fun events, and more. Take a drive and discover Innsbruck. Visit innsbruck-resort.com. And we're back. Let's, before we close out, I want to know what you do in your life to manage your stress. Well, I mean, I already kind of talked about how I like to move my body. Mm -hmm. I also try to think about the way that I perceive my stress. I look at how something is impacting me and I say, is this my stress? Is this someone else's stress? Is this stress that I'm carrying for someone else? I think really, I just ask myself, is this my stress to carry? I, I think I always just think about something that's stressing me out. And I go back to what Kelly said at the beginning of the book, which is what is at risk? Oh, that's a good question to ask. What is, yeah. what is what do I feel like is at risk that's causing my stress? You know, mm-hmm. if I if I put on an event and I feel like it didn't go as well as I want, what I'm really fearful of is that people will think less of me. Ah, uh, right. You, and that is a great question for you because you I will you nitpick. have been vulnerable about a lot of things, and you allow me to give you the feedback whenever I can, and. I do see that you care a lot about how people perceive you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, today's been fun. Hope you guys liked hearing about stress. If you guys have anything that you want us to talk about or if you have any feedback about our episodes or just have something to add about stress, go and leave us a voicemail on our podcast website page. It's bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. Yep. Until next next time. time. Bye, Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Besties with Breasties podcast. Leave us a voicemail or share your own experience on bestieswithbreastiespodcast.com. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. This episode was hosted by Sarah Hall and Beth Wilmus. Audio and production edits by Innovative Frequencies. 